Hi there everyone, my name is Thomas Seggy and I'm the 2019 Pride the Hyde and welcome to The Kink Closet. This is a podcast where I'm going around interviewing people in the community to get to know their stories. Today I'm joined by Is Connell. Is say hello. Hey Thomas, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, it's the end of a long day. I'm very glad that I made it through. Happy to be here at your place. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for coming over. For everyone listening, um, I've known Iz for quite a few years now. Uh, probably one of the first people I met in the uh, fetish and kink scene here in Sydney. And uh, Iz is quite the staple throughout the community. I try my best. I've been around a long time. You have been around for quite a while. Um, and so, I'm, how do you feel about joining the kink closet? Really happy. I was kind of hoping for an invite, so yeah. Uh, cool. Always, it was always going to happen. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everyone else. Tell me who you were before you were a fetish person. Now, Thomas and I had a bit of a chat before we started recording where I said, well, what kind of angle should I approach this question from? And I'm going to take it from a slightly... Um, a slightly different angle to a lot of people and I'll talk about who I am at my core more than my history. I feel that if you want to listen to my history, Doug O'Keefe mm-hmm. did an amazing job with me um, when he visited Australia last year for the Fireside Chats, so go yeah. and check that out on YouTube. Um, I've always been kinky in the sense that I was that kid that poked needles through my hand and then I discovered Tom of Finland as a teenager and I never looked back. So at my core, once I take off the leather or the latex and the heavy stage makeup, etc., I identify as a woman. Mm -hmm. I'm cisgender, so I was also assigned female at birth. Um, And some people might find that that's a conflict compared to what I've done in this community Mm -hmm. because I, a lot of people know me as the first woman to be elected to the committee of the Harbour City Bears. Mm. Whilst Bears is not a kink organisation, it's definitely leather adjacent. There are a lot of leather bears. I know we had um, Adam interviewed um, last week for the kink closet. Oh, I love Adam. He's a sweetheart. Yes. Um... And I've also been involved in the leather community here since I was 18. So this year is, I'm 27. I guess yep. that's nine years, a third of my life. That's quite quite an achievement. Yeah, for someone of my age and gender, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so before I'm a kink star, I'm a woman. And it's not an easy place to be sometimes. There are a lot of times where you're the only woman at leather events. Yeah. And that is my choice. Mm-hmm. I have brought lovers, partners, girlfriends, etc. to these events. Yeah. And some of them stuck around in various peripheries. I frequently share the dance floor and a drink with one of my exes at Extra Dirty, for instance. Yeah. She continues to hang around and I think that's great. That's Yeah, that's kind of what you want when you introduce these people um where it's more so this is this is part of me hmm. if it's for you great even if we don't work out i still want that if you this is what you like let us enjoy it together 
Exactly. And I think a lot of people have this kind of image of me based on my public dress, um, the way that I carry myself, etc. They see me as, I guess, a bit of a lesbian dominatrix type personality. <laughs> they're often quite they're often quite confused to discover that I'm a switch and that lately well, for the past I guess two women that I've been involved with I was a bottom. Okay. They are confused by that. Well yeah, um I can't speak of others but then you're just just seeing the snapshot of it there and then people are just basing so much of just one thing that they're seeing that are there the height differential too i'm for those of you that <laughs> haven't met me i'm six foot two barefoot which means that in heels i'm closer to six eight six nine and yeah. um one of my exes is about five foot three and um another woman that i was seeing for a while who's also a leather dyke she i think she's like five foot five five foot six Oh, as I say, with the height thing, the, the, I'm lower on my knees. I know, oh it's like, I, you know, I look good on my knees as well. But um, my ex often used to say to me, they must think I'm your bitch. And I would just laugh and say, that's your problem, hon. <laughs> you have to explain that, not me. <laughs> no, you can, you can justify things. I don't need to be insecure about yet another thing. No, of course not. So tell me about that. Like, you're talking quite proud about um, confronting people's image of you. How's that been? Fairly successful. Um, also at my core, and something that I've, I guess, I wanted to do before I came into kink and back when I was in high school, was I wanted a career where I was making, to be cliched, I wanted a career where I was making a difference. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go into the kind of job where you are essentially pulling things out of the ground that shouldn't be taken out of the ground and turning them into things that people use for five seconds and then they end up in a junk pile forever. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to sell people things they don't need. I didn't want to harm people. And... I wanted to confront the injustices that we as LGBTIQ people and um, people with disability and people of colour face every day, um, more so now than it feels like it's ever been in my life. I remember being a kid and mm. seeing Kevin Rudd deliver the, um, the apology oh, to the stolen generations. Like, you would never get that under this government. Mm-hmm. I also used to, we, I don't know, did you watch Round the Twist when you were a kid? Oh, loved Round the Twist. Uh, my favourite show as a kid. I grew up in a small country town where we had maybe a hundred kids in the whole primary school. And when it rained, we would quite often all get in the library and watch Round the Twist mm -hmm. on this little TV. The Water Spirit episode used to scare the crap out of me as a kid. And the penis propeller one, that was always funny. I... Have not do not remember that one. The the one where Bronson got a fish stuck up his dick and he won some swimming races. Oh yes, I remember that. <laughs> but I guess my point with this is that <laughs> the ABC would never be able to make that kind of content these days. Right. Or you'd have Divine Ackerman and all the other Stooges. Yeah. 
in an uproar. They burned down the building in Ultimo, I reckon. I mean, what, what, of what's left of it in this current time. <laughs> Strength to my friends at the ABC. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're, you're right there. Like, um, looking back on it, that show in the 90s, as a kid, I didn't think twice of it. No. But. And I think. You wouldn't be able to watch it at your school either. Oh, no, not these days, but yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. I know also, I guess at my heart is always social justice as a social worker and as a disadvantaged person. And um, I'm, I'm really pleased to see some recent developments in, I guess, the women's leather scene in America. Good. With um, or the leather scene over there in general, it's great that our current Mister and Ms. Leather International are both transgender people. Yeah, um, Jack and Haley. I don't think I'm outing them because that's known publicly for yeah. both of them. Um, we, I, I've received some emails from Ims Baba International Ms. Leather Miss Boot Black organization mm. over the last week or two, and they've got a new owner now who is a woman of color. Mm-hmm. And the first events that they've produced over the last few day, a few weeks, I guess, online events are events designed for solely people of colour audiences and women of colour. The new aims of IMSL are social justice and lifting up the most marginalised in our community, which is something I've always tried to do. My mum always used to say that I had a very black and white or strong idea of fair and unfair as a kid and I find myself saying now quite often that's not fair (laughs) I mean I can't say that directly in a work situation to a stakeholder but I'm quite often thinking it and I do feel that the Australian leather community is still like the rest of the world flawed We have some really good connections that are being made in different organisations. I'm seeing more women come to the forefront. And women have always been here. Yeah. That's something I'd like to emphasise to, I guess... We've seen over the last couple of weeks that scandal about that poster overseas about the men's party. The one where it was like, no cock, no entry. No, I didn't see that. Oh, I... There were all these people defending it, and then there were others. Um, One guy that we both know made the comment about how he, as a trans man, is both fetishised and devalued in the community. Um, And I made some comments to the extent that um, if you've got a problem with vaginas, maybe just keep that to yourself. No one really cares. Yeah, for sure. Now, I want to go back a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to know... Because that, from what you are at your core and you're wanting to make a difference and you've chosen the career that you have, how have you, have you been able to, um, actually, well, let me rephrase that. How have some of your experiences in the King community helped you look at some of the situations that you're faced with? The thing I like about the King community is that we come from all different walks of life. I've partied alongside everyone from um, older HIV-positive gay men living in social housing Mm. to people who are very senior in banks and governments. 
um, we come from all walks of life and we share spaces together and we at least speak to the values of giving everyone equal space Mm -hmm. and valuing everyone's presence and we also value the idea of consent yeah as a social worker i have to gain consent for a lot of different things i do for people in my job Mm -hmm. and i also think back every time i'm working with a client or for a client i think back to the idea of how would i like it if I had a caseworker or a case manager um, who did this on my behalf, how would I feel if they talked about me this way? How would I feel if they shared this information about me? Mm-hmm. You have to consider so many different things. I've learnt not to judge. Yeah. Um, still a hard one. Mm-hmm. I think we all do that. 100%. First impressions mean a lot. Yeah. But there's one thing that I've learnt, which is that we often do have sexist or racist or homophobic thoughts pop into our head. The initial thought is not the one that counts the most. It's that second thought that we have, mm-hmm. the ne- the reaction of, oh my God, why did I think that? Or how can I improve that attitude? So for instance, if I thought oh my god, that guy looks really shabby. If my next thought is along the lines of maybe I should go and say hello to him and see, you know, if he's new here, if he needs to meet people, etc. That's the thought that matters and that's Mm. the action that matters. So you're saying it's not the initial thought, it's the thought that dictates your behaviour that matters most? Yes, exactly. Good, that's nice. So how are these kind of thoughts then... Um, brought onto you know on a workplace for you with it there when you're facing with all of these different situations and challenges etc that might not be easy to deal with straight away I deal with so my caseload has about 30 people on it mm-hmm. which I guess compared to child protection caseworkers who have over 100 it's not much <laughs> um but I actually have to spend intense amount of time working on my clients' um, concerns, helping them with everything from... um, I talk to clients every day and also other allied health professionals, doctors, different government departments, etc. I talk about everything from their finances to their bowel movements. Okay, yeah. You... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is definitely quite an intense amount of time to get to talk to about that. Yeah. It's like, just don't show me photos. That's my only request. Like, diagrams are okay, but photos, no. Um, I think that, you know, you learn to just take it on board. Mm-hmm. Have your own boundaries. Yep. Think, what do I consent to taking home with me at the end of the day? Yeah, okay. All right. So on that thing um, with boundaries and consent, how important has it been for you for that kind of facet within the kink community? I think I learnt it in the kink community first and then I transposed the attitudes onto my work as a social worker. Um, Quite often you'll go to events and I'm known as someone in the community who's very empathetic, can listen, social worker, etc. I've had people try and drag me off dance floors and talk about their brother's, you know, 
overdose or their family member being made homeless and you have to kind of learn to put people in a spot or be gentle to them and but also be firm and say look this is not the right time to talk about this yeah of course you i would recommend that you talk to person x don't immediately offer assistance yeah if we're going to offer people assistance in the leather community it's about First and foremost, getting into the community and finding what their place is, finding mm. what their interests are, teaching, skill sharing, um, community development. Um, but for me, I, I used to be the kind of person that would try and take on everyone's problems and find them a solution. Mm-hmm. I have learned over the years that my mother was right. You can't save every lost soul. That doesn't mean that those people can't be helped. It just means that sometimes you're not the right person to help them. And if you can create a linkage for them with someone else that can, you can then focus on the fun stuff. Okay. And how have you, how long has it taken you to um, come to that realization? Um, Well, I've been in the community for eight years, nine years, I mean. (laughs) Getting a bit behind myself there. Um, I think I finally got the knack of it maybe a year ago. Okay. Due to upheaval in my own personal life. I guess my final piece of advice there is that the personality that people like myself who... And I'm not trying to big note myself, but I do have a profile in this community. Of course. The personality and the um, visuals that you see of me out there... They are very authentic, but that's not the entirety of my personhood and my personality. I have to curate what the public sees because I do have my own life and my own shit to sort out. Of course. So don't assume that you know someone just because you see stuff that they do in public. Yeah, and that's very true to talk about because... Like, do you list your job on Facebook? Oh yeah, I'm very public about that. Yeah, I, I understand that. I um, I'm kind of the opposite. I when I started my new job, I actively went onto Facebook, and blocked nearly every colleague that I could find. Yeah, as uh, well as all my clients, I block all my clients. <laughs> yeah, um, of course, and um, I'm definitely risk, but like again, my my workplace knows about that lifestyle and actually mm-hmm. um supports it, but it's a different kind of environment there. Um, there's a difference between people knowing my work and, you know, say for instance, the people coming in and actually like using me, my business there. Like they, they all know roughly what I get up to. Um, they know that I ride with dykes on bikes. They've heard of bears. We've got queer people at our work. I found out about my workplace through a guy from bears that works there as well. And I've got another mate who I worked for at another organisation that works there as well. We're a pretty big not-for-profit. Yeah, but you're saying, like, it's you, it would be it'd be silly to think that you could just hide everything. So, therefore, give yourself the best opportunity to show what you're comfortable with. Yeah, you have to be able to respect your own boundaries before you can respect someone else's. Yeah, and that's what my boss gave to me was just share what you're comfortable with. I shared a lot. You guys, <laughs> you got to stop. I did that at first as well. <laughs> but no, it's good. It was very lovely to hear from you that with what you're actually showing 
and what you're talking about is it's your core. Mm. It is ingrained into you. Under the leather. Under the leather, under the latex, under the mermaid, <laughs> there is, is, and this is what is, is. I know that the name is confuses some people I, still, I think. It's, it's not my birth name. It's pretty close to my birth name, but people kept misspelling that as well. <laughs> I said for everyone else. Uh, for 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 these purposes, well, is I think that is all the time we have for today. How are you feeling? Pretty good, thank you, Seggy. I'm hoping that um, once we're done here, we can chill out for a bit, and then I'll probably go to Newtown and get some food. Lovely. Well, thank you for coming into the King Closet and coming out of the King Closet with me. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Is. All right, everyone. See you later. Bye. Bye.